Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 164. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hello, sir. Hey, that's me. And Jenna, you're back again, too. And that narwhal is looking very, very comfy. Yeah. Perfect. He keeps me warm, too. It's great. So. Oh, my God. Super great. At the end of the last episode, Mm -hmm. we were asked a question. Mm Mm-hmm. And that question we were was, indeed. it was German versus Japanese cars. Compare the ultimate German car to the ultimate Japanese car. Um, was it I'm ultimate German versus ultimate Japanese, or was it like, what is the most Europe. representative? It, the, the question Yeah, the is, representative. This is from Fluffy Pickle on um, Twitch. And it says, sorry, I'm on mobile, so I'm interrupting a thought. But if you two had to bring any car model slash year... To represent your side, Japanese versus German slash Euro, what car would you pick? Um, with that, I will pick the 1992 Suzuki Cappuccino. Okay, I why? Think that is the most Japanese car ever. So the Suzuki Cappuccino... Japanese cars are known for doing more with less. They take an objectively worse product, and they will make it perform objectively better. Correct. Okay. So, like, they'll take a, like, a six-cylinder, you know, front-engine rear-wheel drive Luxo barge, the Supra, and make it go faster than the Ferrari race car, the the 348. Um, and I think that the Cappuccino is capable of doing that to the Miata. And the Miata would previously be the most the most Japanese car. But I think that the fact that they took a three-cylinder engine, an engine known for being an econo-box, like, shit pile, um, yeah, and they made it so dual for cam, five-valve-per-cylinder, um, turbocharged, everything you could ever think of for a performance engine, and put it into that stupid little product, and then make it make exactly the government-mandated 69 horsepower. <laughs> not, sorry, 67 horsepower. On paper. Yeah, on paper. Um, and... Then you can just like take the intake off and then immediately make like another 40 or another like 10 horsepower. And then once you do all your bolt ons, you have like you're at 120 horsepower. Does that car also have the wiring loom where it has like the one wire that's out of the split pack and it says do not cut for the speed limiter? (laughs) So, um, yeah, on speed limiters, on, um, on cappuccinos, you have one wire that's separated from the rest of the wire loom that goes to the ECU. And it says, do not cut speed limiter. And there's like a little <laughs> hole that like a scissors would fit through perfectly. Um, I think that that's how Japan excels the best, is they make things accessible. Japan mm-hmm. makes a very good version of what I think American muscle cars were trying to make in the 70s, where the average person could get a car that is far better than the sum of its parts. Japanese people are like the most closeted hoodlums ever. That's exactly what they are, and that's what I love about Japanese about Japanese cars. Whereas, like German cars, I feel like they're very exact. They're very good at what they do. They are very dry, however. Um, and I think that like Germany can have a wild side, but it's like you know you see a dude in this suit, and then like he'll tell like whisper to you when you're in the bathroom, he's like, "Hey, I've got leather underwear on." You're like, "That's really weird. I didn't want to know that." Whereas like. Japan's the dude in the suit at the nightclub on, like, Quaaludes, like, losing his mind. Like, that's how I feel between the two car companies. I think that the Cappuccino really sums up everything 
that Japan is perfect, is so good at, is they make something that's unnecessarily good at what it does. And it doesn't need to be as good, but they decided, hey, you know what? We need to make a car that's K classification, that's under a thousand millimeters for its wheelbase. Let's make a race car. And that is what Japan is good at. That's the ultimate Japanese car. That's fair. I haven't given this a ton, ton of thought, but I went, I ping-ponged around a bit, and I came up with the car I'm going to pick as the representative boxer for for Germany is going to be a W123 Mercedes, so the old E-Class, but I'm not picking a diesel. I'm picking the 280E 5-speed, because that had the M110 dual-overhead cam, normally aspirated, Straight six and a five-speed manual transmission in the world's most durable chassis. I think that's a perfect description of what Mercedes or like Germany is all about. Very high tech, very long lasting, very precise. But yeah, he's the guy with leather undergarments for sure. We saw a super clean 240D today. Yeah, we're taking her Toyota to the shop. Nice, and it was beige. Hmm. I think another thing, you know, along with the whole businessman with the leather underwear on yes another thing that germany's very good at doing is their cars look great doing literally anything true like if you see a 280e in mint condition or you see the world's shittiest 280e you (laughs) like both of them yeah you you respect one (laughs) for being like Damn, that's a great car. And then you respect the other one, like, oh my god, that thing's great. Like, I can't this believe car's it's still been run. Some shit. <laughs> yeah. like, like this thing is four hundred and fifty thousand miles on it. That's awesome. Like you see, you see a shit pile Civic, and you're like, whatever. <laughs> you see like a really nice Civic, and you're like, that's a good Civic, <laughs> right? Yeah, you only need think... to pay attention to the really clean and or really rare Hondas. Yeah, I, I think uh, Japan is good at being their best, or is Germany? is really good at being their worst where they'll they'll be able to they'll be able to take the hit they'll be able to you know be in a their car can be in a situation where a, a japanese car just in a bed junkyard nobody's gonna care but like you see a you see a w123 in a junkyard and you're like what the hell happened i know like i want to know the story behind <laughs> how that car got here also if you're walking through the junkyard and you're like, "What's the be- what's the coolest car here? What's the best looking car here?" and you could have like the world's greatest, like you could have an EK9 Civic Type R in a junkyard, and you're like, "It's a EK Civic junkyard." Like I expect that. Well, you wouldn't even know that it was a Type R because everything because would instantly be, totally be torn yeah, apart. It, it, yeah, it'd be totally stripped. But you see, like a a W123, it'll be like that car will be perfect in the junkyard. And untouched because nobody knows what the hell it is. Yeah, nobody's coming you're to like, take any parts because every other 123 is in perfect condition. Yeah, you're right. This is the only one that's broken. Like nobody else broke their shit. Mm-hmm. Even like the and seats. I think that that's a ve- yeah. that, that's a very good represent representative of Germany. So Jana, what's your representative? Okay. So of obviously, your I'm country? talking about France. I'm yes, shocked. Jana likes Just French like, cars. Have to do that. Uh, and it is. The French national car, the the Citroen Deus. The Deus. Okay. It's because one, it's freaking gorgeous. Yeah. Well, it is two, a gorgeous. You can't ignore the fact that you know it was so and like engineered so advanced that it literally saved the president of France. That's true. It and, could be stopped by a bullet. Like. 
just the history of it and you know it's public image in france and just its beauty and its ingenuity it's just i think like one of the most perfect vehicles and it really represents france <laughs> like it's just or at least french cars because you could do the 2cv but that's like yeah but that's a corvette and camaro the... yeah, yeah yeah exactly for america yeah so I think what we can all agree on is Germany's good at being shitty, and Japan's really good at being good. Like and France the worst, is good the at worst. Being but the correct answer is France makes the best car. It is. It's like, the, that's just the correct answer. Because <clears throat> a lot of people, you know, think of Le Car, which wasn't perceived very well in the United States. But kick the shit out of the GTI in SCCA racing. The yeah. car, the one year or the one year is actually piled in SCCA racing. It won like something like eighty percent of the races it was put in. Like the car was better than a GTI. Yeah, and I and, and like you know, I feel like if French cars were brought sooner and we would have gotten the Deus and the Dochevo, I think it would have been different, but you know well, we did get them. I think. Oh, true. I, I think I the know. issue, the issue at hand, though, with the They're French car in America, different. though, I think that they they actually they did it too early. Yeah. I think that they should have brought those cars here starting in 1973, right when the Japanese were bringing their cars here, instead of trying to get in on the ground floor in the 50s. Back in the 50s, you're competing with all the British cars, all the German cars, and everything else. Yeah. I, I think that and I uh, think our... America was still American as best. Yeah, and it was for a long time, and that's why people didn't like the French cars in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. Is you give Joe Blow the mechanic, who's used to carburetors, a fuel injection True. injection system, they're going to jump that, off the bridge. But mineral oil laden hydraulic suspension. Yeah. I mean, the French True. cars are fairly reliable, but they're not that reliable because nothing yeah. made back then was. So yeah, you're going to end up with a bunch of people that don't know how to fix their cars, yeah. dealerships that don't exist, mechanics that are pissed off, and then that leads to people you know, creating the fix-it-again-Tony type of nostalgia yeah, about a, a mark, whereas, like, really, no, your mechanic sucks. The car yeah. is actually really good, because <laughs> the rest of the, the world doesn't crazy. have any problems, but Captain One-and-a-Half Burgers over here can't figure it out. By the way, I added a link to a picture of a cappuccino. Uh, I should have told you this when I was talking, but I did. Um, but yeah, so I think uh, th that's a really good point. Is I, I think that the French should have put in more of an effort when the Japanese were coming here, and then we'd have French cars still. But, uh, yeah, they did pick two pretty bad times, because they tried to get in the 80s, too, and that was like, well, you're competing against like the upstart Lexus now. Yeah. Well, not only that, the, um, they also had the anarchist assassination of the president of Renault at the same time in the 1980s. So that had something to do with them leaving America. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Yeah. Donut Media did a really good uh, documentary on that. Weirdly enough, I feel weird seeing that Donut Media did a good documentary, but they've actually been doing really good stuff lately. Well, <laughs> it's just they like have really plenty of time to stay out of the world and do things. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and they're doing a kick-ass job. Like, ever since James Pumphrey has heart attack, he's been just, like, nailing it. Like, everything he's done is perfect. Anyway, let's move on to the rest of the podcast. 
Because um, I think that was a really actually good surprise topic. So thank you very much, Fluffy Pickle. Yeah, um, I don't even sure know if he's. I don't think he yeah. still is, but either way. But hey, that was that was an awesome <clears throat> yeah, question. No, we enjoy getting content from that. So if you're listening to this on the regular audio version, and you actually do want to contribute. You can do it through many, many means, but when we record these podcasts, typically on Saturdays at around noon central, you can always hop into Twitch and give us suggestions. Yeah, what's our what, what's our Twitch handle? It's EMT Tech, EMT right? Tech, yeah. I, I'm yep. not going to change it at this point. So, BMW! <laughs> they make yes. really terrible four-cylinders and V8s, but that's completely irrelevant for what I'm talking about. So, when my family bought the last couple of brand new BMWs, they took advantage of a program called European Delivery. Yeah. What that is, and it's a program that's been around for a lot of these manufacturers. Mercedes does it, BMW does it, Porsche does it, uh, Volvo does it in Sweden. But what it is, is you spec your US spec car the way you want it, and they actually allow you to have it built at the factory, natively, and then you fly out there at a discounted rate, you pick up your car, you tool around for a week or two, you give the car back, and then they ship it to your dealer. So... Why would they get rid of that? I don't know. Wait. I don't know. But I, I didn't actually read the article. Yeah, I it doesn't make sense. That seems like something, like, you'd want. It's got to be a COVID thing or something. Or, it, honestly, it's probably the fact that most of their vehicles now are built in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Oh, um, yeah, probably. So, like, not a lot of vehicles that we can buy are even made in Germany anymore. Um, so, but yeah, they give you a discount on the car. They give you a discount airfare. They give you they had essentially like an in-house travel agent, so you can enjoy your time there. And it was a really great time. So I'm not exactly sure. Again, I speculate it's that the cars are actually made in the United States now, and they really can't let you pick up your X5 or Karen, you know, out in out in Germany. But that's it was a really cool program. It's been around for forty at least forty years. But I guess they don't really make it anything. Okay. And like, if and there's an ad for an X5. Not gross. Yeah. So anyway, so, everyone else is still of, doing it, but BMW is canning their program. Speaking of BMW, um, actually, I think Volvo got rid of that too. But I mean, like, you don't really want to go to Wuhan, China, China right now. Um, yeah, they but anyway, great stir fry. I probably do. Um, so I've seen today alone. I saw a BMW 8 Series in the wild for the first time, and holy shit, that car actually takes up as much space as people joke about. Like, that car has the same footprint on a Highway 100 that a Hummer H1 had. That car it's is actually so a big. pretty small car by modern standards. Well, no, I mean, like, as far as how wide it is, <laughs> that thing is huge. That's really not. I, I saw one drive fast, you know, as uh, dropping jam off at of work. And like it took up the space, it took up the the width of the road. I'm also, surprised. that car has but... nothing to do with an eight series. That should not be called an eight series. Oh, the oh, you're talking a new one. Yeah, new one. Oh, gross. Yeah, one. no, that that is its own zip code rolling down the yeah, road. Yeah, that car is yeah. ridiculous. No, the real eight series. I would never talk shit about the actual. I was going to say, I'm like, we've taken it to anchor before. You yeah, love that car. That's <laughs> one of my, without a doubt, one of my favorite European vehicles. Also. That's the car you should have represented Germany with. No. Um, no. It's not the but most representation of vehicle. It's not representative. Yeah. The one, one, 123 very, is a better choice. Yeah, the, the 123 is a very good one. That's what I would have picked, is the, the 8 Series. Right. 
We should actually answer that same question some other time. We should but answer we... each other's questions, I guess. In that That's what I was going to say. Is like <laughs> I answer for you and you answer for me. I think that'd be really funny. It'd um, probably be a good answer, but for very different reasons. <laughs> yeah, because we would pick... We would pick, like, you have to, like, say, like, this is a car I truly believe represents blank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, give a legit reason why. But anyway, Get, so... like, a giant spinning wheel and whatever. <laughs> oh, God, no. On, <laughs> That's a great idea. I love that. Because I could totally come up with some garbage. I'd pick first-gen NSX. There you go. I'm done. There you go. That's my <laughs> choice. Uh, anyway, um... But, but anyway, yeah, so I saw the Jada. new 8-series, and it took up my entire um it, it took up like my entire rear mirror and then it passed me and it took up like this the entire width of the road it was so big yeah i watched when i was down where the hell was it daytona i think they did an unveiling of a uh, a competition m8 individual or something and the curtain like you knew what it was like there's nothing that is under a car cover that size that isn't an m8 yeah, it's going to be massive. The memes um, about all the race cars are just the most they're hilarious true. thing. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's not editing the car. That car's actually that big. Yep. I had never seen one before that. Like, Good. Have you ever, like, have you ever seen one on the road? No. The, it, it literally takes up the whole road. Gross. It, it's like it's like what, it's like in the opening, the opening credits to Star Wars uh, Episode Four, the original Star Wars movie, New Hope. Okay. And you you see. You see the the Tanty Four, the crying Corvette flyby, and then immediately above is this gigantic Imperial class Star Destroyer, destroyer, and that's what it's like. So the Tanty Four is like a Hummer H1, and then you just see this massive BMW flying over it, <laughs> taking up the entire road. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, then, okay. I, then I saw it. Then I saw an X7 today, and I saw oh, an X1. No. It's just been a day of garbage BMWs for me. I'm really not loving that brand right now. It's just like every car I've seen has just been stinky doo-doo BMWs. And there have been like really good versions of their stinky doo-doo cars. I know. They make like three good things still, but they're all old product at this point. So speaking of stinky Mm doo-doo, did you know Ford makes synthetic poop? What? Yeah. Well, I mean, most of it ends up on market, so you knew that. You're talking about the Mustang? (laughs) Uh, no, apparently they actually make to test their paint. At first oh. point, or first glance, yeah. Um, I, I, at first glance, I read this on the drive, and it cut off before I saw it to torture test paint. So all I saw was, did you know that Ford makes all kinds of synthetic bird poo? And then it just dot, dot, dot on my phone. And then I clicked on it, and I was like, oh, to test paint. I'm going to call like, that clickbait. Why not? Yeah, I, I just thought they were talking about Ford in general. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's an accurate You statement. mean their lack of cars? <laughs> their lack of anything good? Uh, but yeah, so apparently what they do is they take um, they take synthetic bird shit, which is bird shit, but just in chemical form, and they put it on paint, and they heat the paint up to 140 degrees to see how it will react. What is this ad? It's... Yeah, what... That's a weird Cycling ad. underwear, okay. I don't have that ad. Uh, so I'm just going to go longer. back up to the top and leave it on that thumbnail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's really weird. Um, <laughs> it looked like a swollen monkey baboon shorts. It did. Really, yeah. So, anyway, I found out that... That's kind of cool uh, that they tested for etching, though. Yeah, and I, you're right about They were just talking about Ford making shitty cars. But now I learned a thing today. 
that wasn't about Ford shitty cars. The things I learn. <laughs> so I was dealing with an extremely noisy Modi. Oh, I thought you were... Oh, is he not getting enough, enough uh, He's attention? He's chasing Jada. He's fine. <laughs> anyway, anyway, this... Um, yeah. Yeah, moving right along. Uh, this one's actually a submission from Scott for a topic, and it is titled... <clears throat> the Most Popular Sports Car Per Country. But it's Ooh. not like the United States and things like that. It's Africa. Ooh, but can we guess what they are? Sure. Oh my god, yes. Tell me the country and then have me guess what it is. Okay. I will not look at the screen. Ghana. Ghana? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say a. it's going to be something weird and European. It is um, European. Oh, is it a Fiat Coupe? Uh, again, 2001 Fiat Coupe. No, more Teutonic what? and Stoic. Uh, is it a BMW 2 Series? Uh, yeah, BMW M2, 3, 4, and 5. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As I was say, it's going to be like a weird version of an otherwise good car. But, I mean, those are the only M cars other than the M5 left that offer a manual transmission still. So, apparently, people in Ghana, they got some taste. Ghana's got their shit together. I think Ghana oh, might yeah. be... Ghana is in my top five favorite countries. Like, period. Like, they've just got their shit together. Ghana's a really... I can tell you all about it for, like, an entire episode. Like, Ghana's the shit. I fucking love that country. Jamie went there. Apparently they have an extremely (laughs) vibrant BMW car community there, so... Alright, next one is going to be Kenya. Mmm! Subaru WRX. Yes! (laughs) They nailed it? A Subaru WRX and Mitsubishi Evo. Yes! You know why? I know three Kenyan car enthusiasts, and two of them own WRXs. And one of them owned a Toyota 4Runner. So, like... Wow. Yeah, Kenya's got... Yeah, because WRC goes to Kenya. I mean, and all they ever see are cool Subarus. Legitimately, like, Ryan has not seen this list before right now. No, I literally don't even have Discord up, so, like... I just looked and saw you were scrolling through live. On, yeah, it's not even Twitch. showing on the stream. Sorry. There, there it is. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's showing on the screen, but I'm not looking at it. I'm looking at something totally different. I've, I completely have Twitch missing from my screen. And I read it to you before it even shows up in the stream. Yeah. So, okay, next. True. South Africa as a whole. Uh, Volkswagen GTA. That. Yes. <laughs> what? Golf GTI. Slash Golf R slash BMW M, but the GTI was the first mark. Here. So one second, I, just so you can see what I'm what I'm doing, I'm screenshotting and sending my screen to you so you can see that I'm not cheating on this. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> like I have full faith. I think that... everyone believes you, Ryan. <laughs> There's no like way I'm getting this right. kind of information you would just know off the top of your head. Ryan's autism knows no bounds. I'm really excited. So yeah, the, the BMW this? is popular there just because there's a giant BMW um, uh, production plant there. But the uh, the GTI and the Golf R, even though they're not made there, are just as popular there as they are in Germany. I just posted a screenshot of my exact computer screen as it sits right now. In the notes? So you, in the no, in the dis, in Discord, so you can bring it up on the screen so people know that I'm not lying. I can't. 
I don't want to try navigating away in case it messes okay, with that's the fair. capture. That's fair. But um, sorry, let me open up the capture. There we go. All right. So next, Algeria. All right, it's gonna be French, probably. Nope. No. Very near and dear to my heart. Is it gonna be a Fiat? Nope. I'm at a loss then. Uh, it's German. On the so it, relatively older side. The 190? Nope. Very close though. The uh, uh, E30 E33 series. Yep. Really? Yep. Algeria is the E33 series. Wow, Which is surprising. surprising. Maybe I should move to Algeria. Got a lot of those. Algeria is <laughs> very I'm high honestly... taxes, which means old uh, old cars are much more popular there. Oh, okay, so E30 high taxes, modern vehicles. Oh, okay, now so it's kind of E36s. Yep. So I'm oh, sure because because Algeria was part of France for so long. Yeah, it was Algeria. A French, it was a French, mm -hmm. yeah, it was a French uh, colony for so long. I just assumed that they'd be like, yeah, they got a bunch of really dope 205s. It makes but sense. They also separated. Your logic they is good. Yeah, they separated a lot earlier than anybody else. So French cars are common too, it says, but JDM stuff is almost impossible to find. Okay, that's alright. Right, and they've banned like a couple of JDM cars, like the Land Cruiser FJ40, because they've been used for nothing but drug and weapons trafficking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious! Alright, what mark is most popular in Nigeria? Ooh, Nigeria? Mm -hmm. Toyota. Nope. Has to be Toyota. Mm -mm. What? BMW. How? I I know a few Nigerian folks. My late friend Tumber, the one that had that 525 I bought back for the motor. Oh, yes, he yes. was Nigerian. They they really liked their BMWs. This makes a lot of sense to me. But yeah, I think it had to do with like their their peaks in economic development and when they were in those peaks, what country they were dealing with most. And it was kind of France and Germany at these two different points in time, but it was 60s That's and fair. 80s. So you see a lot of older Citroëns from the 60s, like the Deus and the old 504, but you see uh, more modern German stuff. So. That's okay. probably that why they got the rust of their BMWs. Because, yeah, if it was. I'm sure, like, if they asked this question in the 70s, it would have been like French cars, of course, Citroën, but. Yeah, they got that's their taste for German. It's so. like that or I get Toyota. I get Toyota Cressida. Which I'm I'm gonna go ahead of this. If it says e Egypt, I'm saying Cressida for Egypt. So, the next one's Tanzania. However, it's an Tanzania. it's an engine platform that they've focused on here. It's not a car mark. Whoa, Tanzania. Yeah. Is it diesel or is it gasoline? Gasoline, and you love it to death. Two <laughs> J. Yep. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So Tanzania. they have a significant amount of Rexes and Evos, but <laughs> apparently they love to engine swap shit. <laughs> I love this. Right, so uh, <clears throat> now we know when America finally does completely crumble to pieces, I'm going to be moving to Tanzania. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to take a truckload of 2Js with me. <laughs> I'm going to be the most popular guy in all the land. I'm going to be the king of Tanzania. Be okay, awesome. next one. <laughs> Uruguay. No, so, sorry, no, Uganda. I'm fucking retarded. Y Uruguay. I'm like, wait, that's different. <laughs> I was like, Uruguay. That's a different part of the world. Yeah, um, just ignore me. I have Jana, a spotted cow you... going into my gullet, so. Jan, what do you think about Uruguay? Or sorry, Uganda. Fuck. Uruguay. <laughs> sorry, I definitely guys. think that it's 
you know, the same a, as Mexico. But a Volkswagen, yeah. But a Uganda. Yeah. What do you What do you think about Uganda, honey? Uh, I just want to say an up, just for the fun. Oh yeah, up exclamation mark! I, I'm actually so Uganda. Mm-hmm. It's tough. I'm I'm gonna have to go with German on this one. I'm gonna say Mercedes. Japanese. What? Mm-hmm. Um, Toyota then. No, surprisingly. What is it? Subaru Rex and STI. Mm. All right, that's Subaru fair. Subaru Country. Yep. There's also a notable Evo community, but Uganda's most comfortable. Super I keep forgetting that Uganda has it, so pretty much the rule of thumb is anywhere that WRC takes place and there's no Formula One or anything else, <laughs> it's gonna be Subaru. Like if your only exposure to motorsport is yeah. WRC, Subaru's gonna kick everybody's yeah, ass. Yeah, you're gonna start to lust after stuff that you can see actually kick ass. So that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and that's a. Oh, oh, Ryan dropped out. I'll wait for him to get back. The next one's Morocco. Are you back? Ryan. Yes. Okay, good. Next one's Morocco. Morocco? Mm-hmm. Morocco's super close to Spain. Say yeah. Um, okay, so it's it's not a it's not a car manufacturer. It's a, a class of vehicle. Class of vehicle. Yeah, so like, um, like Econo boxes, crossovers, hypercars. Like you know, it's like. Well, they're a, not a gonna ethos. have hypercars. I think it's gonna be. They've got rougher roads, so they like to have fun. I'm saying like, like like rally car homologation cars. No, oh, it's actually supercars. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're Get out of healthy, here. aren't they? Because they're right on the uh, Mediterranean. They must be, because 488s, 650s, 720s, Veyrons, Chirons, and then just That's roads right. littered with RS and M cars and AMGs. So, yep, apparently. Morocco sounds like a fun place to visit. Uh, okay, Let's Egypt go. Egypt is here. <laughs> is, is it a Toyota? It is not. I'm jumping off a bridge right now. <laughs> I'm done. What is Egypt into? That's not a Toyota. It's gotta be. It's gotta be something something that that you can easily be turned into a machine of war. That's also a very good taxi cab, it, uh, but very very good as a car. So it's either gonna be a Toyota. It's gonna be a Mercedes. Um, it's God, I hope not. German a hot hatches and uh, like AMG M marks. Mercedes. Yep. AMG cars and hot So there you go. Yep. Yeah, that makes taxi sense. cab, that's fun. Yep. So, all right, that makes sense then. Also, we can <laughs> fly to Morocco for less than $1,000 right now. Jesus, that's, that's wonderful. ridiculous. And then okay. we can go rent like a really clapped out 355. Tunisia. Like, like... Ooh, Tunisia. This is over by... It's right, it's, it's right, but right between Egypt and Libya. It's very close to Europe. Oh, man, this is... Not a great answer they have here. Uh, it's it's more how people specify cars with options than anything else. Oh, do they like automatics? Um, from this description, maybe. Is it a a description of a car? No, I'll just all. It's no, I want I want to. I want to. I want to know. What the, what it's it's how it? it's how people specify their vehicles. Oh fuck! I don't know. They're just notorious this? for heavily optioning vehicles. 
Oh, really? Just, yeah. just like every option in the world, I need uh-huh. Mirage. <laughs> yup. <laughs> I would like the Jolly like option the, the on my. Is? Yeah, what's. It, it, so it's, it's a fully optioned out Seat. <laughs> so it yep. Fully optioned be. cars on the high end purchases is key. Okay, that's fair. So, yeah, it, the cars I would buy is you buy the, the shittiest car you can with every option in the world on it mm-hmm. in hopes that one day it'll be collectible. Yeah. <laughs> but that's you, really, you want to buy a stripper model. Anyway, Angola. Uh, one second. I can't remember where Angola is. <laughs> I need to look it up on a map. That's fine, you can look it up on a map. Because once I, okay, so that's on, it's, it's more... central, west central Africa, just north of Nambia and south of Congo. They have a lot of dirt roads. They have a lot of jungles and parks and stuff. I'm going to go with a small, fun SUV, Jimny. Am I wrong? Um, yeah, unfortunately, you're wrong. Damn it. What is it? The roads must be okay, because it's uh, all German, essentially. Golf GTI, M performance models, but also JDM stuff like the Alexis RCF. That's cool. Yeah. I guess they're pretty close to South Africa, so the, the, the car culture probably comes from there. Yeah, I mean, the, I'm the, really, it looks like I they have African, pavement, which is good. I find African car culture, like, super interesting. I mean, this um, article is really good. Props to Scott for finding this. <laughs> yeah, this is really cool. But I, I find the African car, car culture really interesting because usually, like, in Kenya, your gas is, like, maybe 85 octane, and they still make oh, a 500-horsepower STI. Yep. I mean, that's that. that's why we have knock sensors. It's countries like this. Okay, Namibia, and this is an automotive conglomerate. Namibia? hmm Oh, that's just south of Angola. Um, is it Geely? It is not. Volkswagen. Yep. It's badge. Okay. It yeah, just so... says Namibia badge. <laughs> you know why? Because it's just north of South Africa. In mm. South Africa, they made the Mark II Golf and Jetta mm-hmm. like until like yesterday. And there's a BMW factory in South Africa, too, so it says there's a large so... BMW community. But, yeah, all... it's a lot yeah. of parallels because they talked about the Golf GTI and the M cars. It's like everybody in Thailand cares about Hondas, and they don't give a shit about BMWs, because Honda's right over there. Like, it okay. makes sense. Mauritius. Yeah. Huh? Mar- Mar- Mauritius. M-A-U-R-I-T-I-U-S. You know what's oh. hard is that a lot of African countries have changed their names since we learned them. Oh, I yeah. never I never learned geography, ooh, so... Ooh, Mauritius, Evo. Uh, yeah... Evos, Hondas, yes. and STIs. You know why? You know why? Because when I was working at MAP, we get orders all the fucking time from Mauritius, and I'd always flag them as fraud, and every single time the dude would jump through every damn hoop that I gave him, and they would buy, like, ridiculous things. I'm like, I couldn't even think of where Mauritius was. I, even today, I can't remember where Mauritius is. It's By the way, if you're wondering, it's east of Madagascar. It's an island just oh, north of Mauritius. Really? Yeah. So but, we wouldn't have learned that on geography at all. No, it, it, so much it's more we learn with car stuff. It's great. Yeah. So this one, I actually, yeah, this one I knew from just my own personal experience is Mauritius and Reunion, two islands somehow have huge Evo communities, That's and like so all, strange. Yeah, because Mauritius has like I think they've got like twenty thousand people or something on the island, like some like ridiculously low number of people that live there. And they, like, must all own Evos. Because, like, population, 
1.2 million. Wow. And I had five, maybe six customers that were modifying Evos when I worked at MAP. That's Botswana. Stamp- Botswana? Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, oh, it's going to be a VAG. No, actually, it's JDM. Wow. What? Super Wait, what? Skyline, yep. Okay. STIs. Weird. Mozambique. Mozambique? Mm-hmm. That would probably be Japanese, right? It is. Okay. I'll Scenes full one. of a lot of imports like RX-7, Skyline GTRs, and S-14s, 15s. Mozambique's on the eastern side of Africa, so shipping you probably get a lot of like old Japanese stuff that comes there. That makes okay. sense. What about Zambia? That's landlocked. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get rid of this African map so I, I can't cheat anymore. Uh, <laughs> uh, Zambia, I may go with more Japanese stuff. Yep, JDM. Yep. Okay. Next. Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe? Mm-hmm. I've never met anybody from Zimbabwe. Oh no. <laughs> I cannot generalize this country at all. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Japanese as well. Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, can I go with I'm gonna say straight sixes. Uh it's mostly Subaru, but it does say I okay. mean uh, yeah. Right. Drags and rallying, so I'm guessing since they say drags, we probably do have JZs and RBs in there, too. Because uh, a lot of those ended yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah. Alright, okay. Libya. L- Libya? Yep. Do they have a car culture? Mm, uh, can I say a Type yeah. 97 tank? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it's kind of, no. Mm-mm. Uh, no, I mean, really, Libya, so... This is a tasteless nation tasteless nation oh man it's gonna be like heavily modified audis no it's american cars german luxo cars and then like full frame lexus suvs okay that's fair i get that that that, that seems it it, it, it's it's like dubai light yes 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 that's exactly what it sounds like okay seychelles what seychelles Seychelles? S-E-Y-S-T-H-E-L-L-E-S, right? Seychelles. too French. It's super French. It's probably somewhere in the Indian Ocean, so I'm going to say Japanese as well. Yep. Yeah. If it sounds French, it's probably in the Indian Ocean, and it's probably full Japanese crap. Next country, the one with the hotel in it. Oh. Rwanda? Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a terrible oh, person. Oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> My well, friend and I laughed in the really middle cool. of that movie. Oh no! When we were watching oh, it in Tana. class, and everyone stared at us. But I'm sorry. Like, when they're saying the comedic, we must cut the like, trees down. That's no, like, it wasn't that part. It was when oh. they were all hiding in the shower, and the water came back on. He goes, "Looks like the water's back on," and is in the middle That's of this funny. dramatic, and it, it was hilarious. And everybody looked at us like we had slaughtered all the children. No, that's how comedy works. Right? Like, that movie actually... That's what I love love about the movie Hotel Rwanda, because there's, like, they used comedy in such a great way in that movie to break up the tension to make it palatable. Yeah. Like, that... It's a beautiful... Anyway, Rwanda. ...situation. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> all right. It's a long I'm article, sure so WRC, I have to keep us moving. I'm, I'm pretty sure WRC goes through there, so I'm going to say uh, Subaru and Mitsubishi. No, actually. Really ostentatious, shitty Via BMWs. Okay. That's weird. Mm-hmm. I can't explain that. I, I guess tourism? Like, <laughs> like flexing for tourists? Yeah, it's, it's probably the video crew when they came down there for the hotel sure. thing. They probably left a bunch of really shitty so cars. Like a bunch of, like, Bengal, like, 7 Series. Yeah, yeah, like 4.8 IS X5s and, yeah, Bengal 6 Series. <laughs> uh, Sudan. That has to be Toyota. No. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Land, Land cruisers. <laughs> Land cruisers. Yeah, it's in the middle of the desert. It's yeah. Although oddly yeah. enough, their first photo is a Challenger. <laughs> <laughs> you have a photo. I have bring it up. It is a photo of a Challenger in the middle of Sudan. Yeah, yep. that's exactly how it would look. Ethiopia. It's covered in dust. Yep, that's how they all look. Ethiopia. Yep. Um, I'm going with uh, Toyota again. Oddly, no. Weird. It's uh, it's what? an could it be old, Mercedes. Uh, old and German, but not Mercedes. Wow, BMW, old BMWs. Mm-mm. Opals. Stuff that good karma loves to work on. Why on earth would you ever live in the desert and own a Volkswagen? Yep. So air cooled uh, Volkswagens are very popular there. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, I guess because they're they're super reliable and fun. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Give them that. Next up, we have Senegal. Well, that's in Eastern Africa, if I'm not mistaken. And it's also got a very French name. Or not Eastern. Sorry, it's Western Africa. Anyway, it's probably some Japanese, I imagine. Amazingly, no. This is the first instance where we've seen French influence. Good. Citroen is. The best country in America. Their main photo is unfortunately a stupid Ghibli, but yeah, apparently oh, the, the okay, Citroen Owners Club is the most wow, active club there. The most Western Aww. African nation. Also, did you know that there's a Republic of Congo and Democratic Republic of Congo? Yeah, you didn't know that. Honey, there's been so many versions of Congo. Like, it's the DRC, it was Congo, it's Pepsi Presents the Congo, it's been everything. <laughs> like, Pepsi just... Presents the Congo, holy shit. <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. Cameroon. Cameroon? Mm-hmm. Um, when I think of Cameroon, I think of... God, what do I think of? I think of pickup trucks. I think of luxury SUVs. I miss, say, Land Cruisers and G-Wagons. I think this one's kind of a cop-out on the article. It says, uh, there should be a good amount of car lovers from here as well. We will update soon. It's almost all... German and then American. That's really weird. Yeah. I see I, like M cars, Audis, and then I see Camaros and Mustangs. So I'm really interested in like how these things came to be. I think it's submission driven. I, I feel like I feel like this is like a like you can look at this as an anthropologist and understand more of like the subcultures <laughs> of the youth of these nations. <clears throat> Especially when they had influence at certain points in time. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, that, that, I think that's something like that's, like, super interesting. Okay. Mali. Mali is in, like, the Sahara. So if, <laughs> if this is not some sort of awesome SUV, I quit. It is not. You will have to quit. What? <laughs> what? It's, Why mo- on earth it's pony you... cars. Pony cars. Camaros and Mustangs. So they want to be Mad Max. 
don't do you know. know where Molly is? It's very landlocked according to this article, but no, I don't it's, know anything about geography. That's literally where Timbuktu is. <laughs> it's like full it's of Camaros. It is full of Camaros. I'm just thinking of <laughs> like new ones or old ones because old ones. I was thinking fifth Mad gen. Max. Fifth gen. Deserts. Yeah, pretty late. So the new ones. Oh, what the man. hell? Yeah, I'm Bumblebee and later. Yeah. So. Like, no. I'm just imagining what? a bunch of Camaros <laughs> that are just stuck out in the middle of the Sahara Desert. Like, just like People traveling through, they got their cars ends. high center and they just left them. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why they're so, they're so like, sought after. It's not that they're sought after, it's just that, like, it's just full of all the broken ones and now they're just buying more. <laughs> Alright, the next one is Cote d'Ivoire. Alright, so that one's in Western... Um, Africa, so it's gonna probably throw me through a loop. I'm gonna say American in like probably like not Italian but French maybe. Uh, it looks to be kind of a hodgepodge. It doesn't define it, but there I see like rally pedigree stuff. So I see Subarus, okay. I see Evos, and I see like uh, Audi Quattros. That's really weird. <clears throat> so they, they must have had WRC. Uh, Congo. All right, Congo. So, wait, are we talking about the Democratic Republic of Congo or Republic of Congo? Congo? This is going to oh, be whatever. My answer Democratic is the same. Toyota pickup. Toyota pickup. Uh, it looks like yeah, G wagons. So hey, there you go. Uh, off road trucks. I should have just said trucks. And that was the end of the, that's the end of the article. <clears throat> Shoof, wow. Really, that's Good. it. That was super long. So I'm glad that that's that done. What, what is the favorite car of Togo and Benin and Burkina Faso? They must not have car communities that respond they to this. They have to. What? What is the car community of Somalia? That's the one I actually am super curious about. That actually would be Maui. super great. Like I want to know these. Well, Ryan, like, write it down in the notes for epi- the next episode. Do some research and tell us. <laughs> so what you're saying is we need to go to Africa now. <clears throat> Um, yeah, maybe. I'm sure going to Africa would be fun. Yeah, I would actually love to go to Africa. I think it'd be super fun. Let's start in Morocco. I'm gonna gonna reach out to some of my African friends and ask them about Somali car culture, because I'm very curious now. Like, I have no idea what that would be like. Because it's either be something that's super reliable, something that's super replaceable, or something... That's probably I'd be would not be surprised if it was something based off of American hip hop culture from the <laughs> large amount of Somali expats in America. Like I honestly like that's how a lot of car culture gets spread. So that's really cool. I'm really happy that we learned all this. That was super, yeah, that's pretty fun. neat. I had no idea that like JDM and golfs were so popular in Africa. So um, speaking of <clears throat> JDM stuff and mm-hmm. Subarus, it comes as no surprise to anybody that a Subaru. GL can just dunk on an Outback in an off-road <laughs> test, right? Like, totally dunk. just pull its dick out and just wreck an Outback. Because <laughs> like, I believe the term is donkey punching, okay? Yeah, Speaking like, of uh, Subarus, look what I just... No, Digidash. Ooh, Digidash, tight. Oh, it's mine. Fun. No, this is on somewhere else, uh, someone else's. Oh, that's wonderful. Did you heart it? I will. I just showed you guys right away. So anyway, uh, Ben from Japanese Nostalgia Car sent me this video of this 78 Subaru GL at EA71. Uh, 
doing an off-road test against an Outback. The video is like super cringy, but it's on Japanese nostalgia card if you want to read it or want to watch it. But basically, I just want to fast forward to like something where it's driving up some. Uh, yeah, you go about halfway through the video and we'll start doing that. But there's like videos of of it um trying to go up the hill and like this outback the CBT starts overheating and just kills <laughs> torque to it and it like has to crawl up this hill whereas this like the Subaru the kid that's driving it like has no idea how to drive off road and he's just like alright I'm gonna take it slowly and see what happens and like it runs out of torque of course but then he backs up he just guns it up the hill and the Subaru just flies up this hill without a single issue and doesn't like damage anything and just like takes it like a champ Whereas this Outback's, like, sitting there, like, sweating and panting, like, <laughs> ready to die. Um, it just goes to show the superiority of literally anything else compared to the CBT to transmission. CBT Outback. It's just quite literally the worst transmission in the world. So, Man, that, that, uh, that 78 DL is awesome. That old Subaru nose is just it's like the world's amazing. cleanest Subaru. We were a little bummed out. It was that, pretty uh, rusty under the front there when I just saw that, but yeah, that, that's that's how they all look. Okay, so um, my oh, my video is so back. Cool. Yeah, I see that. Welcome back. It, it, it comes and goes. That's what um, she said. And I I couldn't see we were doing the Africa thing because I was blocking the screen. Um, but yeah, no. So yeah, Subaru. Uh, they've uh. What, they're now selling more cars than ever, and now they're all shit. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly so, compared to the old ones, yeah. Yeah, because that's actually a properly good car. Like, the only thing I can fault the EA71 Subaru on is it's got a really weird body line right at where the B-pillar is. Like, the doors bend down towards the pillar, and it's a super weird thing. Well, it also has but a not, not terribly reliable engine family. Well, no, the EA71 is actually reliable. That one was, like, solid for a car of that era. Okay, um, all right. It's just when they made the 81, and God forbid, you end up with the E82, and the real <laughs> shit. I um, guess, yeah, small displacement, and then might have been closed deck and stuff like that, so it probably was okay. Yeah, I mean, there's small displacement, and then, like, they didn't make a ton of power. I think, like, <sighs> if you got the, if you got like, a Subaru GSR with, like, the twin carbs, I think you made, like, maybe 85 horsepower. Yeah, but that car must weigh, like, 1,100 pounds. I mean, like, it's... Yeah, like two grand for like every option in the world and every single factory optional thing that you, every box you could tick. I, I, I like tests like this. I, I agree. The fast lane car people, these guys are cringy as all hell, but they they oh, do a lot of these comparisons between like old and new versions of stuff, and it's mm-hmm. kind of cool. I just the people that do it themselves, ugh, it's so tough. It's really tough to watch. <clears throat> yeah, it's like they're they're really cringe. Like their production value needs some work too. But yeah, anyway, but I, think, I think what I said was CBTs suck, and this is actual documented proof that a CBT <laughs> is hot garbage I in mean, every we, way. We knew it already, but yeah. But now we have proof for mom. That's true. So, That's true. Anyway, I'm not gonna take uh, it up a mountain. We know. <clears throat> So, but you are going to drive up an icy driveway. Correct. It's not going to enjoy that. Yeah, it's going to overheat either way. It's just like the circlet popping out of an early Rex. You're going to have problems. So I want to yeah. talk briefly about something that isn't actually news, per se. So okay. I bought a 1987 BMW 325i S, so the two-door coupe. It was a... Yeah, uh, that, that was, that's a red one. house right now. 
That yeah. is actually in front of my house right I was, now. I was driving up to go spot a neighborhood that I saw a house in uh, yesterday. And I drove past your house. I go, and I was driving up Mound Boulevard, and I'm like, wow, Eric's house looks like a drug dealer's house. But anyway. The drug dealers are actually across the street, but yeah. That's shocking. This car, so I just had John detail it too, and it turned out really great because it was single-stage paint, but it was a one-owner car, 109,000 miles. I did an engine swap on it five years ago, so I put a 95 M3 engine in it for the the owner. And it never quite ran right, so he made the decision to buy an engine and bring it to me instead of using one that I knew about and had already. And it was rebuilt by a local guy that's reputable, but he must not have done something right. Because it's always just like, it hasn't cold idled well, and like the variable valve timing just doesn't work properly. So anyway. Like when the engine was originally put in? Uh, when I put it in, yeah. Yeah, okay. So it just, it never ran right. And I, we spent money trying. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah. I own this car now, and I'm just like, well, it's it's really nice, and I I've been you know fixing the little things that have deteriorated and just haven't been looked after, so I'm gonna try to make it a pretty good representation of a 1987 325 IS because the interior is great, exterior is great. That's a very good way to do that. Yeah. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put a 12 valve inline six back in the car. So something that I took out in 2014, I'm gonna reinstall. I don't um, suppose you have the numbers matching engine or that anybody cares. I don't, and they don't, luckily. <laughs> um, but I did have a, a correct M20B25, they call it. It's a two-and-a-half liter, 12-valve, um, like I said, in line six. This is back when numbers meant something. Names. Yeah, yes. So M20, yeah. that's that's the engine family. B25 means 2.5 liters. Um, yeah, so 325. Great little engine, 168 horsepower. I mean, the, the car is pretty light, so that, that chooch along pretty well. Um, I actually had one that I, I, I took out of my late friend Tunbros 525 when I found it on Craigslist all beat down. Mm-hmm. I got that car running. I bought it non-running. No smoke, great power, rev nice. I'm like, this will be great. I'll, I'll sell this engine to a chump car team. Um... But then I, I stumbled upon this car, and it was finally for sale. He was ready to move on it. So I decided to buy all the gasket sets, bought a clutch for it, bought everything. Decided, probably smart to take the head off, do the head gasket, just really freshen it up to give this car that's appreciating in value like crazy, you know, a better yeah. on paper, you know, like I tried a little bit with this engine. So unfortunately, I pulled the head off. And the number three and the number five bores have got some pretty deep scoring in them. Um, can you overbore the metal? You can, but I mean, you start getting into machine shop work and oversized pistons and rings, it's more than just buying another engine. So I could have just tossed it in because it didn't smoke and it made good power, but didn't quite sit right. So where I'm going with this is I actually contacted a friend of mine that still works at the BMW dismantling shop that I used to run for three years. Okay. Yeah. And I asked him if they had a 1988 528 or 325 engine because that was the one year where they put the 2.7 liter bottom end in there, but it actually had the compression ratio of the 2.5 liter. So it was kind of like oh, the perfect. leftover of everything, but you got the best of both worlds where you could just put the high revving top end on this big bottom end and you're making 185 horsepower instead of 168. Okay. He said no. 
I asked him to double check, and I'm like, are you sure? Did you check the pallet rack closest to X adjacent to Y? Next day he calls me, yep, it's there. So an engine I pulled out five years prior still has my paint pen written on the intake manifold. So I picked it up this morning. Wonderful. Along with a bunch of other little parts, pulled the plugs out, and before I even sprayed any oil in the cylinders, I took a wrench and I just... It's spun, just super nice. So I think the engine's going to be great. Can, but yeah, I, can, I think it'll can be... Can I give a shout-out to this this company, RBMW? Because they've saved my ass, too, in a tight spot on several accounts. That is one of the best things in the world to have. In yeah, we, we have our past, and I think they've finally made enough reparations to me now at this point where we can, we can plug them. But... Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, because they, they, they've... They saved my ass a few times. Yeah, I so. mean, it's the inventory that I helped amass is still there, and they've added to it, certainly, but Good. there's there's a lot of stuff that's really hard to find that we just have here, which is pretty nice. So if you can get a hold of somebody there, which that's a big if, you can, yeah. they, can they probably get you covered. But anyway, I've got this. I'm going to start tearing it apart and uh, doing the gaskets on this one now, but uh, I'm very happy to have a Super Eta, as they call it, 2.7 liter uh, high compression, whatever, bottom end. Just really this. Cool. I'm really excited about this car. I had one of these engines in my old white convertible, and yeah. it, that thing was such a hoon beast. It was so what, great. Um, what's the bore of that 2.5 liter? They are all 84 millimeter. One second here. So pretty much every BMW small block inline six from 1968. No, that didn't start that early. We'll say it's a 19... little too small for wine bottles. 78. Yeah, they are too small for wine bottles. That's yeah, so as I say, you um, can make a really cool table out of it, but you can put beer bottles on it. 78 to current, pretty much everything's 84 millimeter. Some of the M cars were 86, but you can you can pull a, a rotating assembly out of a 2006 and you can throw it in a block from the 70s and it pretty much fits. That's so cool. Yeah, so they were Tinker Toys you... back then. That was pretty great. That That's pretty rad that they could do that. Honda did that at least with like your main bearings and like which is your nice. connecting rods, but <laughs> not anything else. Which is also great because like if you have like an old Honda, like you can take like a you know one point six liter block and put like a two point one liter. Uh, so you can take like, a B sixteen <laughs> block and put like a Prelude two point one liter crank in it and put in like really short stroke pistons and you'll have like a crazy over square engine. I love so. the weird combinations of hardware. Yeah. I love doing that. Like Honda, actually, there's like a Honda calculator that you can get on <laughs> the internet, or you just like put weird stuff together. And like I used to like tinker around with that. I was working at AutoZone. I'd be like, just like fiddling around with it. I call my friend Will. I'm like, hey dude, do you have like a D16 like Y7 cylinder head and a D17 crank with like D15 connecting rods? He goes, yeah. I'm like, how about some old like first gen integra pistons it goes yeah i'm like put all those together and let's see how it runs and it'd be like it would run like a like a, like a bat out of hell it'd be great <laughs> 1.5 liter makes like 120 horsepower <laughs> i mean that's what, honda's pretty good at specific output even without, in those, those generations without retech either <laughs> it's just like crazy things out of a d-series that's pretty darn good yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, the, the weird combinations of factory hardware from like a 30-year span of time. It's like, really? Yeah, uh -huh. I love being able to do that. Oh, people used to like, make, I... yeah, 11.8 to 1 compression, 2.8 strokers out of some weird components from the 90s and BMWs. I'm like, okay. 
That's super cool. Yeah, like my my B series block that's waiting to go in my Civic, but I'm afraid to build that car because it will get stolen immediately. <laughs> it's mostly stock parts, but like can make like 150 horsepower without a problem. I, actually, I'm thinking I might be able to hit 100 horsepower per liter with that with a good tune. Actually, should be pretty cool. But anyway, enough about that. Um, speaking of weird German cars, um, I posted this in the. Uh, Carbitrage Facebook group last night. Nobody at all even bothered reading it. Ding! Yeah, but I'm not going to lie. This is my favorite Jay Leno restoration ever. Because it's a car that a bunch of people bought this car. This car's had like a dozen owners and everybody thought that it was a Chitty Chitty Bang Bang car. Mm. Yeah. Um, he also went like into the backstory of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, <laughs> which is very funny. I saw this get posted uh, on YouTube. I almost watched it, really too. Funny. It's really worth watching, because the TLDR of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is that that was a euphemism that soldiers in World War One would say uh, for oh. sex. Ah. Yes. Oh, no. And then they made it into a children's book. <laughs> an entire inside joke with World War One vets, and nobody ever broke the joke. Nobody broke the joke. That until the movie that's how you know they're the greatest generation. And that's a euphemism for sex, and I oh. love that. It's you know so how funny. often I sang that song, and to this day still sing... And do you know why, like, your great-great-grandpa is, like, always, like, in the corner snickering? Like, my grandparents are dead. <laughs> this is hilarious. But anyway, um... Oh my god. So, this car, everybody thought it was a Chitty Chitty Bang Bang car, because it was made <clears throat> in the same era to race at the same track as the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang race cars, but this one was not. And so, everybody get it, they go, ah, oh, shit, it's not, and they just go get rid of it, they don't <laughs> right. want it, it wasn't worth anything. <clears throat> Uh, but now none of them are worth anything, and nobody cares. So Jay Leno, it's like, I love this car. And apparently I like the world's worst hood on it, and so he took the hood off. It does not have a valve cover. It's got a total loss oiling system, and it's got an engine that a farmer uh, found in his field after an airplane crash in it. Nice. And the farmer just took the engine and put it in his barn and covered it hmm. and hit it until the end of the war. And he's like, I made a whole lot of money out of it. And then at the end of the war, well, now there's, like, literally thousands of these engines with no home. And so now they're worth nothing. And so the farmer's like, well, shit. Sold it to the dude that built this car. Uh, he took a old Mercedes, like a 1908 Mercedes chassis in 1921 and put this engine into it. And then he named it after his wife. He named it Rabbit the First. His wife had a libido, apparently. So. Oh, god. oh my god! This story is just getting too raunchy. <laughs> anyway, so it's got an 18.8 liter engine that makes 230 horsepower with unmeasurable amounts of torque. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jay Leno had to hand make every single one of the water jackets out of brass because all the steel ones had rusted out. Great. And apparently, when this car's new, they took it around Brooklyn, which is like one of the world's worst racetracks, and went 113 miles an hour in it. Um, and like Brooklyn's is like Sebring racetrack, like yeah, so it was a best, proving grounds track. Yeah, at its best, Brooklyn's was like Sebring, where Sebring is like super rough coming into the last corner. Yeah, Sebring is like, not a terribly how... well maintained facility. No, and that's how Brooklyn's was at its best. <laughs> So, like, there's, like, potholes everywhere. And the chain covers on this car, Jay Leno added. Oh, God. So, like, apparently chains would just, like, fly off and you have to go duck. <laughs> like, it's just 
It was a death machine. I love it. And that's a, the shifter handle right in the way of the chain when the chain snaps right when you're shifting. Um, <laughs> it's a hilarious car. I, I love just, this. I don't understand the appeal of pre-war bullcrap, but... Because this is great! This is, it, this is like, slow car fast, but even more ridiculous. I love this <laughs> so much. And the car's just made after... Just named after, like... Unlimited any windows. It was named after the wrong any window, so nobody wanted it. And it's great. This is a beautiful thing. This is the most me car I could ever think of. Also, he put on front disc brakes because he was sick of almost dying every time he stepped on brakes. That would be smart. Well, yeah, it looks like it has have... mechanical brakes, but I'm sure those are just hydraulic lines that are meant to look like it. So it's got mechanical in the rear and hydraulic in the front. Okay. It's got brake pedal that does the front brakes and a hand that handbrake that he's grabbing in the yeah. main screenshot that's for the rear brakes another See, reason why no thank you <laughs> it sounds great half the fun of driving a car is almost dying i have everybody not found to... that to be the case personally well, then everybody should just go drive crossovers oh never mind yeah what you said yeah, the first time yeah this is better than a crossover <laughs> it is better than a crossover every day over an equinox I just, anyway. I mean, the aero engine vehicles are interesting in the fact that, like, well, we have all these, like, really expensive, powerful engines, but they they're have no really home. heavy. We've got these really ridiculous thirsty. airplane engines, and, well, as Jay Leno said, um, parts were cheap and technology was expensive. Mm -hmm. That's how it was described when they built this car. So you just built it from the shit you had laying around, and that happened to be a 18.1 liter World War One French fighter plane engine. Held up I pretty mean, well in the crash. Yeah, I mean, it held up in the crash, and after the crash, the dude literally just put it in this car. But I think it's just like the best way. <laughs> I want to make a race car. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll use that engine. They're down the at one the... that landed in my yard. <laughs> well, I can't take the one out of my tractor. I need that. Well, I have to, that. To, I have, to be fair, Todd has that he, tank engine. <laughs> so th this engine may be 18 liters and only 230 horsepower, but do you blame the guy? The engine—it was raining engines, and he just grabbed sure. one out of the sky and put it in this car. So yeah. out of the sky, it was still in the sky when he grabbed it. Well, yeah, it kind of—he didn't touch it. <laughs> it it would have broken his hand. Uh, but I mean, it literally <sighs> fell out of the sky for him to use. Like it was quite literally raining engines as these airplanes are being shot out of the sky over your yard. So yeah, it's just whatever you ended up with. I think that's a great, that's such a cool story. The more I think about it is it was raining engines and you just put it in race cars. It's great. I wish it was raining engines right now. I really don't actually. It sounds awful. But, yeah, that um... sounds terrifying. <laughs> that's like a bunch of EA-82s are up in the air. As, yeah, maybe experimental yeah. aircraft. Yeah. But honestly, yeah, yeah, but... If it started raining engines now, they'd all have such encrypted engine computers, like, we wouldn't even be able to use them. Yeah, and they wouldn't nearly, they wouldn't last the crash like this one did. No, God, no, they'd all be carbon fiber fins and this, uh, pass. But what I'm saying pass. is, if you, had, if you had the ability to use an engine that was raining out of the sky to build a race car, why would you not do that? It's... Quite literally, free. that's kind of a pointed question, but I see where you're coming from. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's like it was raining engines. Like I'm sure they could have done a better engine, but this one fell out of the sky for him. So sure, well, at least a, a better sized engine. You don't need an aero engine to drive down the road. You don't need an aero engine for anything. But here we are. I love anyway, it. do you guys know what makes Corvette best Corvette? 
Mm, dad jokes. Well, I mean, regular car reviews is it did a doors bunch. Doors don't work well because that seems to be a common trend. Uh huh. So right, the yeah, doors work just fine on a C8, but as you can see by this year graphical representation I just put on the screen, this Corvette is best Corvette because to make the doors, doors work less. God, so boomers will be thrilled by this. They love their Boomer Corvette. They love going to their Boomer Corvette conventions. And now they've got a one-of-a-kind C8 because they spent $4,300 at a scissor door company called Vertical Doors, Inc., which is the reputable name brand one, to fit Lambo doors on their C8 Corvette. So This uh... makes me so yucky. Also, the render is pretty funny because the steering wheel is still pictured in the door glass, even though it's folded up. So, I think it's got a fold-up steering column. This is what happens when boomers put Corvette things on that Corvettes. There's the steering wheel, just so you guys can see it. What? I don't want to. Um, so, I, at first, I, I, I added this to the notes when... I saw and understood at the time that GM was offering this option to fit scissor doors to the C8. I clicked on it, I'm like, well, I started typing, and then I read it. I'm like, okay, thank God, this is an aftermarket company that is offering a $3,000 kit or $4,300 installed to fit, let's just say, the last Lamborghini that sold with these, I think was the Murcielago, which stopped in 2009. So you're now dealing with something that stopped being cool more than 10 years ago. To be, to be fair, I don't think they quit doing it because it wasn't cool. It's because Audi wasn't cool enough to do that. That's these doors are true. properly cool on Bertone-designed vehicles, but not anything else in the world. This is entirely something that should be called it's a Lambo door for a reason. It fits on Lamborghinis, nothing else. They should call them Bizzarini doors. Yeah. Because they belong on Bizzarini V12-powered Lamborghinis. Yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's a Bizzarini door. That's a, that's a, we will forever them. now call the these door. the Bizzarini doors. Yeah, there you I go. think uh, yeah, that's, that's a good way to describe it. By the way, I added a link to a picture of what happens when you put Corvette parts on a not-Corvette. Oh, no. Was, yeah, let me see, what I, let me see what I can do here with this here link. You don't want this to happen. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You put Corvette, you put Corvette wheels on your Tri Five, and just out of nowhere, a Grand Marquis comes and ruins everything for you. Actually, they make it better because he ruined it already. So yeah, these wheels are terrible. That Tri Five. Uh, poor Tri Five. Luckily, it is probably fixed. To be honest, I mean, and I'm sure everybody was safe. Yeah, body on frame, people. probably. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. they hit right between the A and the D pillar. It doesn't even look like the yeah. windshield broke. No, it didn't, which is, like, the big thing, because the windshield would have been wildly expensive. It looks like just the door. But yeah, with those wheels, I'm guessing it does have a C5 running gear. My friend Aaron Dijang posted that from this group called Things That Are Not Aesthetic. I said, this is what happens when you put those stinky-ass C5 Corvette wheels on a Tri-5. The only thing about this photo is not aesthetic or those awful disgusting wheels and the paint so job terrible. let's be honest anything any metallic yeah. fleck on a tri-5 you can just leave it yeah the paint job's not my favorite but i'm like uh, if i got a tri-5 and had that paint and normal wheels if i got a tri-5 with that paint and the wheels off the grand marquee i would feel better 
Those are the coolest Grand Marquis wheels. Yeah, those are actually some of the coolest factory wheels ever made. But, I mean, like... Uh, those Corvette wheels need to go away and yep. die. Yep. I can only hope that they were bent beyond repair in the accident. I don't think they were, judging by where the vehicle was and wasn't hit. But you're right, I'm sure that was fixed. Yeah, luckily the car was fixed. I'm sure everybody's okay. There's no ambulances in the photo. Amber lamps a photo itself, so I think it's going to be fine. Um, and I think that that panther looks like it's entirely undamaged as well. Well, there are two panthers in this photo. Both of them are entirely undamaged. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I even noticed the police car. So it's too busy looking at these awful Corvette wheels. God, they're so disgusting. The picture is actually mirrored, too. The police is written wrong in that car. Oh. Wait. What? Yep. Oh, I suddenly feel bad because somebody might have actually been hurt in that. Oh, no, it wasn't mirrored. Yeah, they're fine. Well, there's no seatbelts since so they probably got launched into safety. So, anyway, ejected. Uh, yeah, not ejected, but probably safely in the passenger seat. <laughs> not hurt. At all. So. <laughs> safely moved out of the vehicle. <laughs> safely moved out of, out of harm's way by the lack of seatbelts. <laughs> Thank you, Tri Five, for doing your thing. Yeah, th thank you, 1950s safety. Ooh. You actually paid off. That guy would have been in a tight spot had he not been so safe. Anyway, Alrighty. yeah. Well, Jana, did you have any updates that you wanted to give? Well, we fin we finally finished our. Well, two of my students finally finished their Earth Day books, which we started in April. So <laughs> that shows how busy I've been the last month. You've had some things going on. So I'm going to get things for Somali, uh, for episode 165. I'm actually going to look this up and see because I'm really curious what a Somalian car culture culture like. And the rest and, of Africa so. that wasn't covered. Yeah. Yeah, what other countries are you guys in interested about? Actually, audience, if there is a, a country that you want to know about the car community of, it's let me know. The audience is all sleeping. Well, they're going to watch the... They're going to listen to it. Sure. But yeah, if you're a patron and you're curious about some weird country, like let me know. I will look it up because I'm working from home. I can do these things. <laughs> so anyway, the rest thank you for Africa. listening. Uh, thank you guys for coming on and doing the podcast with us. We had your cord right. Some events that happened. So thank you very much. And uh, what, did, what did we learn? Ryan, you sound like you're talking through a Packard Bell microphone from yeah. 1993 for some reason right now. Oh no, that means my. Oh, it's fixed. No, it's good now. It's fixed? Yep. Okay. It, it's it was just when you were again. looking down. Um, Wait, no? That's weird. Yeah, what'd you guys learn? I learned that uh, people think it's a good idea to let their children roam unsupervised on private property right next to the highway. That's a, that's a thing that you learned. Yeah. Had to deal uh, with that today. That's why this is so late. Because not only did unfortunate events happen this weekend, I had to go yell at children for playing on private property and yeah, stealing their bird feeder. For having a childhood. <laughs> so the, I learned that the western bean cutworm, uh, which is the typical moth that you see in Minnesota, is actually a really awful pest for corn farmers. Okay. That's, That's the most important thing you've ever seen said. That's the most what? Minnesota thing you've ever said.
I had to do that for one of my writing. You see here, this moth. It's bad for corn. It's really bad for corn. I learned this week. Can I die now? Well, I learned on Reddit this week, guys, that two inches is considered massive for a murder hornet, but it's considered very small for a phallus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are two things that are very true. So there you so go. Here you go. You come to Carbitrage to learn how many halves of a hamburger it takes <laughs> to get to, get to, to the low space. orbit. And what that the was worst. Last that was last episode. Yeah, that was last episode. And then you also <laughs> come here to learn why the Western <clears throat> Bean Cutworm is a pest. And where two inches counts and where it doesn't. Yep. Exactly. And what the favorite car van Goa is. Oh my god. <laughs> we will so catch anyway, you guys you. next week. Thank, thank you, you so listening. much for listening. Bye bye. <laughs>